0: Oh. Sahana Babatu Sahana Bunaktu Sahabi Yam Karabahi. They ma Om Shanti Shanti Shanti. Welcome, everyone. So last weekend uh, we discussed uh, two dot four seven. So, to work alone, you have the right, but never claim its results. Let not the results of action be a motive, nor be attached to inaction. That is what we discussed uh, in the last uh, GD. So, a couple of things that uh, I noted down from our GD, uh, which I'm going to summarize. Let me just to my mobile for a second. Okay. So we started off our discussion by talking about what this very famous shloka meant for us over the years. And we kind of you know uh, reminisce about it in terms of how we understood it when we first heard it or the initial years of what we heard it and uh, what it means now. So one interesting thing which uh, someone said was that uh, this, the, the, the shloka moved from quote unquote, fate uh, to uh, something that is rooted in pure logic and science. And uh, uh, somebody else said that, you know not having expectations is so much more profound now compared to what it was in the past. In the past, we were confused, but now it is much, much more profound. It's got a much deeper meaning. And the most important thing that uh, 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 somebody else mentioned was that the efforts are always in our control, but not the results. And therefore we have to focus on the uh, efforts. And um, I think there was, a, there was a reference to this uh, famous book called The Flow by uh, Mihaili, which uh, uh, we seem to have connected saying that the flow is something like a part of karma yoga and uh, 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 it's and it's a recommended book by Krishna. So and uh, and of course, Kishore. So please, uh, we should uh, read that book when 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 we get a chance. And then um, then we talked about Karmanya uh, Vadi as quote unquote being in the present, not worrying about the past, or the dead past, or the unborn future. And uh, uh, that's when I think uh, a couple of powerful questions came about. And one of the questions came, out, came about was, should we ignore our past experiences if we have to live in the present? And with that question, it started getting into understanding how we would implement karmanya Vadikharaste in our lives in a practical way. So what if someone brings up what we did in the past and if they constantly remind us about that, should we Keep dwelling on it. That was the question that uh, triggered off the discussions. And there were some practical answers that uh, came about. And I've, I'm going to summarize a few of them. I may miss everything because you know I was typing, typing while we were talking and I would have missed it. But definitely, please add if I missed anything. So Swami SP's answer was that Karma Yoga is... Uh, karma Yoga's way is my bad is getting burnt. That's uh, one way of looking at it. So acceptance of that situation was... Um, uh, was important in the Bhakti Yoga way is it's an occasion to remember God when such when such things happen in a practical way. It's an occasion for us to remember that there's a there's an entity called God who's giving us this situation. And the Jnana Yoga way is it's a warning to change our attitude. Then uh, uh, also, uh, you know, uh, I think there was a reference to if I remember right. Um, uh, Ramakrishna Ashram's uh, motto, which is serving all sentient beings, knowing them to be God with one-pointedness. The serving part is Karma Yoga, serving all sentient beings is Bhakti Yoga, knowing them to be God is Jnana Yoga, and doing it right with Nishtrayatmika Buddhi, like with determination that we've got to serve these sentient beings, that is Raja Yoga. And there was also another, uh, 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 another another question about: Is it okay to have goals while doing Karma Yoga? Doesn't it conflict with Karma Yoga's uh, uh, statement saying that okay, you only you have rights right only to the work and never to the results? If you can't have if you can't um, if you don't have any rights to the results, can we uh, uh, can we uh, have goals or not? So I think we clarified that.
1: Um, Once again, that sure or Rajesh, there are a number of people waiting in the queue apparently. Sorry.
0: Okay. Sorry, I did not uh, realize that. Okay. So we, we, we clarified saying that we need the karma, we need the goal while doing the action. We stay focused on the goal. Once completed, we let go of the goal. And we are not kind of you know, mentally attached to those goals. And when we do action, we do it in an uninterest. We do not do in uninterested way, but in a disinterested way. And there's a there's a subtle difference between uninterested and disinterested. We talked about that. Um, then we also talked about different roles what the mind plays. Mind plays the role of a perceiver, doer, receiver of actions. It's a storehouse of samsara, the instrument of meditation, and Equanimity is also in the mind. So we use the mind to develop that equality in itself. So these are the broad things that we discussed. And today we are to discuss uh, 2.48 and 2.49 and uh, 2.50 as well, if I remember right. But let's see how far we get there. So please, if anybody else wants to add, if I missed anything from last week, it'll be wonderful before we can uh, get forward with the usual format.
2: Rajesh, can you repeat those things you said about uh, the four yogas uh, in your summary? This is just you want me to repeat that? Yeah, can repeat that. I, I found that.
0: Sort of, I didn't make a note. Of it. So okay, I'm just going back to my note. So from the Ramakrishna Ashram's uh, motto, right? Yes. Okay. Alpana, do you want to say it in your words? Because it you was know, you who said that and maybe it would be easier for us to listen to you once again.
3: Sorry about
1: that. No, you're on mute. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Um, uh, I think the motto is, says that serving all sentient beings, knowing them to be God. So that's the motto of uh, uh, Sri Ramakrishna mission. Uh, I think the first part is to attain divinity. And then this is the second part. And serving. So what it says is... Uh, serving all so that means you are doing it unselfishly so that's karma yoga then knowing them to be god is bhakti yoga and then
2: knowing them to be god is is jnana yoga
1: right um actually yeah you're right um Serving them as being God, I think that's more of the Bhakti Yoga. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, you're right, Ajay. Yeah. And then when this is only your focus, that you are just serving everyone, that becomes the Raja Yoga because you are doing it with, with single pointedness. That's your only motto left in life to serve all. So that becomes the, that becomes the Raja Yoga part. And then, yes, knowing them to be God so that is looking at that one underlying reality becomes the gyan yoga okay thank
2: you thank you
0: all right so with that uh, so any any additions anyone to what i missed okay so the usual format. Anyone can uh, share your raha moments on two point four eight four nine fifty, and I'm pretty sure that we will keep going back and forth to karmaneva karmaneva Adhikaraste, But uh, let's uh, uh, let's go forward with this. maybe i will i will i will start off, you know uh, one of the things that i had been thinking about yesterday um, uh, as as I, I, as we as a these slokas and and especially you know the way that alpana when you read out this motto right it kind of you know was was uh, striking me the same thing actually if you look at it the way karma yoga uh, the 2.47 uh, defines you know what you can do and where you should not be attached to it seems to me that uh, Uh, the whole motto of karma yoga seems to be to reduce the effect of what is called as I in our actions, or maybe make it zero. Rather than do it for whatever that we think is I, we have to do it for the entire, uh, you know, the entire beings. Therefore, in, in some sense, you can think about it in either two ways. Number one, suddenly your eye has no more become that smaller eye within this body mind that we think about or you can think about it saying that, okay, my eye is expanded everywhere. All the human beings, all the uh, beings in general are just me right? and therefore, whatever I do for others is also basically doing it for me. Maybe that's what it is. So at the end of the day, you know, I know that you know, we from where we are to get out of the the body-mind complex and say, okay, this is is not who me is, but but the entire entire, uh, uh, sentient beings is me. But to get there, we have to do it in multiple steps. And the first step probably is karma yoga, which would attenuate the quote-unquote our understanding of our own I. That's what I felt was uh, uh, one of the very powerful uh, ways of looking at it.
2: So, uh, so if I can, if I can come in. Um, so I, I looked at sort of the, the last sort of piece of this 248 uh, uh, Samatvam Yoga, yoga uchate economy, and, uh, and how sort of, uh, you know, just, you know, the very nature of the material sort of jiva is that it goes through ups and downs you know, it, we will have sort of happiness and sorrows and success and failure. So it's uh, it's kind of natural to us. So for us to therefore get too happy or too sad doesn't make sense. So the whole idea of equanimity is to kind of just narrow that, that band. I mean, most of us start with a big band and with experience and the maturity, we manage to, to narrow it down. And that sort of links kind of nicely to what was said in the in the previous one 247 where it really says that you know the fruits of action are not for our, our enjoyment or uh for for us to kind of uh, you know feel sorrowful about the fruits of action and i think the way alpana you described it at the end of the day it's all for the service of god right None of it is for our enjoyment, and therefore, that again sort of links nicely to the fact that you know, equanimity is the way to go, which is to not get either too happy or too sad. So it's a it's a it's an excellent definition of uh, karma yoga, uh, samadhram or equanimity. I quite like that.
4: It it also seems to me that. Uh... 247 is like the what, what is karma yoga, right? It defines it. And 48 is how, right? And um, uh, the the key thing being samatvam um, in in success, I mean, you're talking about action. So either the action is going to go well, according to what you had thought, you're going to meet um, what you set out to do or not, right? So siddhi is, asiddhyo, samobhukta is where it's a... Um, It gives you a framework by treating both the same, because again, as in the, in one of the previous uh, shlokas, uh, as it was explained, there is there you already, the fact that you're doing this, there is no loss in, in, um, if you do it with karma yoga, then there is no loss at all, right? You already gained just the act of doing the work itself. Is a gain. So there is no loss at all. Um, uh, And uh, this kind of uh, puts the framework around it as well. Uh, That's how I see it.
0: Well said, Kishore. But but then, you know, uh, but then I'm going to raise one uh, uh, query, right? The word, the 2.47, 48, and uh, 49, all of them talk about karma, right? Work and but what is work for us? Do we clearly oh. know what is work? What does work means for us? And w- wouldn't that where uh,
4: Swadharma comes into play as well as, you know, w- what, what should be the work that uh, for each one of us, right? Wouldn't that play into this? Is, is that what you're getting into, uh, Rajesh? Yes,
0: yes. I, I don't know whether we discussed this in the previous GDS or not, but maybe maybe good good um, good time to uh, re uh, reconnect what what exactly work means in the in the present context in the, in the in the present context in our own lives and say okay hey looks like this bunch of category of quote unquote activities form work and this bunch of activities don't form work right you know so how would you define that I'm not I'm not worried about you know what is that category but the question is how do we define it?
4: Yeah, I I, I think um, that's where we have to go back to the swadharma, because here it talks about the attitude, and then uh, the other, the swadharma part says, wh- what is the action that you have to take on, right, and how do you decide whether this is right for me, and this is something that I need to do or not, because if we don't have that, then, it, then we fall into inaction, right, of, okay, I don't do anything at all, and then that would be pretty bad, right? That's also stated. So then you have to act. Then what, what are those things that we have to act upon? Now, uh, to gui- uh, the guidance for that would be that of Swadharma. And then here is the attitude with which you act. So uh, those things are kind of coming together in, in that sense.
3: There isn't any obligatory action that you need to do, isn't it, Karma? And if you do it with, uh, you know, in a... With with equanimity, you know, it becomes karma yoga.
0: Yes, I I, I would uh, think that, that uh, that's how it is. Uh, obligatory action is what is sadharma is right. And,
3: yeah. So yeah. whatever you got to do, you know, are you doing it with the right mindset?
0: No, but my but my my question is more. It's actually a trick question, right? My question is you know sometimes we don't accept our obligatory questions, our obligatory uh, Actions. work, right? So how do we yeah. in our mind? How do we differentiate? You no, know, okay, this is obligatory work. I must do it, and I'm going to do it with that karma yoga attitude. But if we just say no, that is not that's not even obligatory for me. Then we kind of you know bypassing that. Uh, I was just right? going to so say who decides
5: a, what is obligatory.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. What is obligatory? That's the most important uh, point. Because How do you know? Yes, for that. That's the line of uh, on the sword that we're walking in. Saying, "Oh, if you just say this is not obligatory, then you 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 are not even allowed. You're not even you're, you're not even bring our minds to do it."
5: So, yeah. Rajesh, to your line of question, were you saying like you know? In I mean, I've seen my grandparents and all they do sincerely puja in the morning before even leaving to work. Uh, I mean, we don't do that at all. Uh, is that is that even like, is it obligatory? We chose not that not to be obligatory. And then are you talking about all the actions that we do during the day or one specific work, whether we do it uh, with sincerity, with, uh, with full focus and other things? I, I wasn't clear on the obligatory part of it. What are all our obligatory works for our age? Is that what you were going with?
0: Yeah, exactly. Not necessarily, you know, uh, whether whether just defined as sitting down and doing puja as obligatory. Now, I'm not talking about that. Let's say in a 24-hour in a window that we have, eight hours roughly, we don't even have a choice. The body is tired, the body sleeps. Okay, whether we want it or not, we, we go and sleep. The rest 16 hours, there's a determination, there's a choice that we drive. Right? Where we do something, where we don't do something. We do something in excess, we don't do something in excess. My question is, you know, what is it that drives that 16 hours? What work do we do? And what do we think is what we have to do that is uh, part of our life that we only we can do in that in that particular role that becomes our obligatory. And what is it that we can do but we avoid doing it? Or what is it that we must do but but we avoid doing it for whatever reasons? And if so, why? That's the that's the kind of discussion that I want to have here because that will determine clearly what is obligatory for us and what is not.
1: I think even the 16 hours we have to
5: split it as eight and eight. It does his work.
0: Yeah, work as in professional, you mean? Professional. Yeah, okay.
6: Obligatory is um, whatever, you, it, it, it's almost a choice, right? Because um, say if you're, you know, you, you have your own business and you're doing whatever work to, you know, to build up your business, you don't, I mean, you don't have to have a business and you don't have to do that work, but you choose to do it because you believe that's what you want to do. So I, I'm not sure where obligatory comes in, it, is it an obligation to yourself that you have to do the work? Is that what obligatory means here? It's not to somebody else, right? The obligation not to somebody else.
0: Yeah, uh, obligation to oneself and, uh, it, you know, sometimes it, it becomes very, very clear saying that only. We can do, only we can do that work and nobody else can do that work. That is obligatory work.
6: It's work that must get done and we take on the responsibility of doing
3: it. It was based on the role that we play at that point of time, whether you are a parent, whether you are a, you know whatever you, whatever role that you play, you know, would require certain obligatory actions to be carried out, right?
4: Yeah. Uh, th- th- that seems like the right, right way to approach this, um, based on the roles that you have, right? Um, I, I, yeah, I, and I think it also, the role expands not necessarily tied just to the family, right? You're part of society, you're part of a um, a community, and so on. So uh, it expands into that. So in that sense, it may not be just uh, a, about about me, but it'll be about a, a lot more, in fact, about others. And then, obviously, the work the work you do, where you work, um, obligation towards that. I mean, you're playing a role there, whether you know managing people or you're working as. Um, uh, as an employee of a company or, or the owner of a company and and so on yeah
2: i mean your role will change over time uh, so in the example of a householder your duty is to provide for your family for example which means that's an obligation or it is your duty more importantly which means that you need to work and earn and that's where I guess the concept of swadharma comes, where is wherein you you should do what you like to do, and uh, what is right and what follows the principle of dharma. But uh, yes, I mean the roles will change over time. Uh, what you might be, what what you might need to do as a householder, will not be true once you get past and go into one of the stage where your obligation or your duty might be more towards the wider society or or greater towards the wider society Uh, so it changes but at the end of the day you've got to follow your dharma and you've got to do what you have to do inaction isn't an
0: option
1: i think from my understanding within the the context of the shlokas that we are doing i think karma refers to any sakam karma so any desire driven action um, i think what we are talking about is swadharma which which is what should be done but but karma here refers to sakam karma and uh, um, I lost my thought of (laughs) that, was I going to say? No, it'll come back to me. I think that's the main point that I wanted. So here in this particular context, it is referring to, uh, uh, yeah, what I was trying to say was, it doesn't include like breathing is also an action, but it is involuntary. So that's not the karma it is referring to here. It is not even referring to the Nitya karma, which is more of our, you know, for hygiene, what we do. In fact, even lighting up of the lamp, etc., which is done just as a nitya karma, that's also not included in it. But any specific puja that we do with the desire in mind, then that is what is included here. And that is where they're trying to say, then, then don't, even if it is desire driven, don't be driven, don't be elated or depressed by success or failure. Have a samatra in that. So that's how you deal with the sakam
4: that's that's very interesting. I think, um, yeah, that, I, I I like what you just said uh, there. Yeah, that I, makes sense in this context. Yes. Yeah, I
6: I um, had more of a question because this uh, shloka, I guess it's is it. 49, 49, I think, um, talks about the buddhi yoga and uh, how does that, um, how is it related to karma yoga? Because it sounds like that's talking about how do you make the decision to undertake any action? And is that, you know, does that play into swadharma? Um, And how, how does it relate to karma yoga?
7: question
1: from my notes uh Buddhist yoga in 49 refers to that samatvam buddhi which refers to karma yoga
6: how you do the karma yoga how, how you do it or how how do you decide what to do or how you do it how you do it yeah to
4: okay. same yeah, as attitude, uh, karma
1: actually okay yeah.
8: Okay. I, th- I think the way I kind of at least uh, read this is not obligatory or not. I think it just pertains to all action. I would. I think the way I understand is expand even Alpana's definition further. Uh, pretty much any action you do uh, to do it rest with restful awareness because the whole this is a science of enlightenment. Krishna is teaching here right when you when you're enlightened you're completely established in a restful awareness you're acting but from a restful awareness state i mean people describe it in different ways but again there's no um, doubts uh, will i succeed will I, there's no anxiety in action in 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 any karma or moving of the body or any thought or action uh, so the way I, at least i understand this doesn't really matter what you do but be trained to uh act from that space of restful awareness. Um, doesn't matter what obligatory, not, even including breathing. Right? When you say when somebody is completely enlightened, they understand the breath, every breath that goes and comes. They are, they, they are aware of the pulse. So it is that space I think Krishna is pointing to in a lot of these concepts is building onto that. So just that's a perspective.
0: So just to clarify, Mukku, are you saying that uh, uh, that Buddhi Yoga that's referred to is uh, uh, an, a, a complete awareness of all the actions that is being, that's being done by the individual and operating from that space?
8: Correct. Not just the Buddhi Yoga. I'm just saying this whole karma, these three or four shlokas are pointing to that, acting from that space, right? He's building the different blocks of it, but the, the essence of it is you are acting from that space where there's no anxiety. There's no identity to some degree, right? There's, z- there's zero identity. Uh, it's almost like when you're in deep sleep, when you act, right? Uh, it's almost something, something like that. That's what this whole Karma Yoga is referring to. The space from which you act is that. That's why using the word yoga, right? Yoga means it's the union of uh, everything. You are part of that. You're you experiencing that oneness and acting from that. how I read this uh, 47, this whole combination of it, not just one, picking that one word. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Interesting. So, Sonali?
7: Yeah. So, I'll just just give a little bit about my understanding of karma, uh, yoga. So basically, uh, you know, we all do Kriya, like Alpana was mentioning, breathing, sleeping, eating, and even the animals do that. Okay, so what what distinguishes us from animals is that we have the consciousness, and we have certain responsibilities, or uh, duties. Duties towards people surrounding us, or, you know, are very near to us, or within our realm of life. We have certain duties towards them and that is how and how we carry out that duty or how we should do those duties i think are referred to as karma yoga whether you know i mean to your family to your friends in general towards some your duties towards continuity of life and towards greater good for human being and world on a bigger uh, aspect. That's
0: all. Yeah, Sonali, I think the the point that we were discussing was to understand what that duty is all about, right? How do we define that duty?
7: How do we define that duty? Yeah. So, uh, that will differ from, I think, you know, uh, people to people, and even from country to country, I would say from religion to religion, you know, because in our realm, uh, we being Indians, we follow the Gita and our certain set of duties are defined here. We have certain duties to our family members, your parents, your spouse, your children, Whereas the same may not be felt by maybe somebody in another country, like in America, maybe an average American might not feel that I have to take care of my elderly parent, you know, but in India, we would tend to think that I have to take care of my elderly parent, you know, so those understanding of duties, I think is may will vary from place to place, uh, from people to people or region to region, I would say so i think if we are all indians here and we we are trying to understand the gita try to follow the gita so accordingly and the way we are brought up and our upbringing so how we define the duties you see how your you know ancestors i mean your parents grandparents have performed their duties and you carry from there and in the, in the meantime, you come across with different set of people in different countries. And so accordingly, you may change or may not change your duties. You may stick to your old values. You may you know, adapt new values, depending on the circumstances or the environment that you're living right now. And basically it all comes from what you observe in your family you watch your parents what your grandparents do towards their family towards their friends and family so most of our learning of what we should do our duties our sense of duty come from most of it i think comes from what we watch in our family and then next comes what we learn from our friends in school college or in a workplace we learn a lot from how they uh, behave or treat their immediate members, and we get a sense
0: of what we should do. Yeah, So, Sanali, so you know, maybe I, I, I don't probably, you know, agree to that point of view in terms of the duty has to be obligated by society. But let's uh, hear from Ranjani and uh, Sakuba and V.P. Rajesh who have raised their hands.
5: Yeah. So, Rajesh, I kind of struggled with your question. What is my duty? <laughs> Back to that, because some is clear, and a lot of it is choice for me because sometimes you know it's very clear at work this is my work and that's my duty to do it to the best of my ability at home the lines are less clear when my children are young it's my duty to feed them and do whatever you know I get that when they're older a lot of it I do by choice they can feed themselves you know (laughs) they can do but a lot of it I do because that's what I like to do or Mm -hmm. I feel it's the right it's really not I don't define that as my duty you know Maybe they can they can do it themselves. So I have a real struggle between what really is my duty and what's my choice. Sometimes the line is not clear. So I just wanted to bring that up. Um, You know, in some contexts, it's very clear to me. Sometimes it's not even to my parent. I mean, to what extent is there my duty to take care of them? Uh, You know, what what is that fine line that says this is my duty (laughs) and I need to
7: do that.
0: Yeah, actually, that, that is a discussion I want to trigger because this is where exactly we all get, um, uh, you know, uh, when, when we take the theoretical framework what Gita presents and say, okay, how do we apply in a real life? It becomes very individualistic and then it, sometimes it, it gets the the border between, you know, like, like what Sonali was alluding to and what Alpana was also mentioning. Sometimes it becomes very difficult to de- determine what is duty and what is not. And that's where, you know, I'm, I'm trying to, Triggers this discussion so that you know we can quote unquote get some insights from each other. Saying okay, I think I define my duties as this. This is not my sector of duties. Like what you articulated, Ranjali. Mm-hmm. Sakuba.
3: I think BP, BP let him go first because he raised the hand before that. I'll go after that.
0: Yeah, BP.
9: Yeah, no. So um, I will. I'm not commenting on what you asked, uh, Rajesh, but. Uh, I was going to comment on what uh, uh, Manu had asked about Buddhi Yoga and uh, I was reading Professor VK's book, uh, Head Tip to Satya. Uh, and I'll just quote him how he explains this very well. I thought this was very good definition of Buddhi Yoga. Krishna refers to the above mode of doing action desirelessly and keeping humanity as the norm, as a Buddhi Yoga. This is the method by which we get beyond the result oriented ritualism. It is not what we do, but how we do it with equanimity ik- is what gives the name buddhi yoga. So I thought, Manu, that might be helpful to you.
6: That's great, VP. Thanks. That uh, helps a little bit. Uh, later, can you just uh, uh, you know put the name of the book that you were referring to in, in the
10: chat sure, sure. Or, yeah. or in the WhatsApp? Yeah, yeah. yeah thanks. Yeah.
0: There you go, Sakuba. No copyright violation. It is an actually helping.
10: Exactly.
3: <laughs> okay, so I, you know, coming to the definition of uh, what is uh, obligatory, I'm just trying to, you know, uh, think aloud. Like, uh, you know, can we go back? You know, like remember a few discussions back? Once Alpuna uh, talked about, you know, feeling guilty when you don't do a certain action. So can we kind of extend that to say that anything where, you know, you feel, you know, uh, by not doing it, you know, wherever you feel guilty, can we, can we say that as your obligatory action?
5: So, Satya, if I may add a point, so I, um, in my own case, I have my, um, um, most of the year, I have my 86-year-old mom living with me. And at one point, my son and my mom, I mean, I want to do good to both of them, but I have to choose sometimes between which one gets my attention and which one. Either way, I feel guilty. You know, I feel like, you know, if I pick my son, I feel guilty I didn't do for my mom or whatever it needs to be done. Or if I pick my mom, uh, I feel. So it's not like I can feel great about doing one and not feel guilty about the other. So I'm stuck in a hard place. So that's why I, I don't no, if I can fully relate to what you said, if you know you don't feel guilty, it's the right thing to do.
3: But at, at the end of the day, you would have reached a balance, right? I mean, suppose you continue to feel this day in and day out, okay? So you know, uh, every day you feel uh, this agitation, like you know, do yes. I look, at, you know? And then finally, you would have found out a way to you know, some equilibrium Mm -hmm. would have reached. Correct. Over the long
5: run, yes, because sometime I will do one, sometime I'll do the other, but in the moment, you know, it never feels (laughs) one or the other. So I'm just stating this example, but we often have a choice, and sometimes between the two, whatever you pick, uh, you know, you don't really know if you did the right thing or not. So it's a matter of choice, uh, I feel, and in the end, I think whatever gets you to a happy place, uh, it's a good thing. So I don't have an answer, but
6: just from my experience. I think, uh, I, sorry, go ahead,
9: Satya. No, I was just going to say, thanks, Manu. I was just going to say that sometimes, you know, what uh, Satya is saying just to take it forward, sometimes you will come back to those things, like meaning, for example, you wanted to do something, but you got distracted and you went in a different direction. But if I think mean, if it is important, sometimes it keeps coming back to you and then you sort of, start focusing on that so i think yes that guilty test is a is a very uh, reasonable way to think about it that are you are you is are you feeling agitated are you feeling um, you know that you haven't done that you're supposed to do and then you start thinking about it and doing something about it so that's how i think about what is obligatory and what is not especially in the big big projects or big items right like big roles
3: so to speak yeah, even in a nitya karma, sorry, you know, uh, even in a nitya karma, like for example, going back to what Shanta said, you know, earlier, like if you, at the end of the day, if, if you feel guilty that you didn't do your morning puja, uh, you know, I, I, if, suppose if you don't feel guilty, it's fine. I mean, that's probably, uh, you know, as per your dharma and so on. So, you know, it's not an obligated action. That's fine. I mean, at some point, uh, we we may feel that it is, we may start feeling that way and then start doing it. So I, I I said, by like my definition, I was trying to apply to your, your situation, but yeah, I completely understand what uh, Ranjani was uh, trying to say. Uh,
0: BP Manu, Mukku, all three of you still see hands raised. Yeah, uh, So I was,
6: uh, uh, I was just going to comment on what Ranjani was saying about duty versus choice, because I was wondering if, uh, you know, if you choose to do something or if you're if it's your choice then does it like you know does it make for a, a your duty could be a choice right so it's not a either or meaning what you choose to do is what you have to do i don't know if i'm making any sense but um because you know the um I mean, you will have a lot of different things between which you will have to prioritize, right? Always, uh, like Ranjani was saying, between a parent and a child, who do you give attention to? You have to prioritize in the moment, um, but if it's still part of your duty and you choose to do that, then then it's all good, right? And if if the, the duty and the choice um, are the same, I think that makes for more uh, equanimous sort of, you know, um, or potential for equanimity because it's all aligned.
11: So I have a question. Can I ask please? <laughs> you know, see, I mean, Ranjani was talking about her mother and a child. So that kept me thinking, what is the obligation or the choice for a child or a 85-year-old man? Do they have any duty? Do they have any obligations? What is that? I mean, I mean, if it is equanimous, I mean, is a child equanimous? Is a old man equanimous in their action? If they don't have any duty, can you think about it?
6: I think everyone would have their duties, and you know. So what is it? It? I mean,
11: what is that? What is that a child is obligated to do? What is that an 85 year old 89-year-old old man or a 95-year-old man or woman obligated to do? Why is that we are talking now? What will happen to us when we reach that stage of 85 or 89 or 86 plus?
6: Yeah, I, that's how I think about it. Like when we were uh, children, we still had some duties to do. No, in fact, that and- is what...
11: And when is, we
6: will be older, we will still have something. In no, we our... don't have
11: any responsibility. The fact is, we don't have any responsibilities. We are always in the equanimous state. You know, I saw a child; it did something and it clapped its hands as if somebody else is dead. You know, I, I I saw that. I mean, it happens to our own experience as well. You know, so I mean, I mean, according to me, my understanding is, we don't have any obligations in the world. We don't have to do anything. We have to be equanimous in our own selves. It's my understanding. Okay, rest everything. To I mean, we continue from childhood to birth to death. Everything is an obligation for us in the conscious state of what we are doing, rest of this movement. Uh, to be equanimous. <laughs> I don't know whether you people understood or not what I said. The fact is, we have been equanimous throughout. Okay, I mean, it is just this part which we are troubled identifying with the body. Okay, then we are confused with our state of affairs of work uh, and all other things. Uh, I mean, right now, since we are identified with the body, so we have no other choice but to work. That is my thinking. So we have been equanimous. Our state, our natural state, is being equanimous. So we have to go to that natural state of being equanimous. In, even in our work stage. Whatever we work, we work. Okay, that's without interest or disinterest or whatever it is. But the equanimous stage should be there is what my understanding is.
6: Right. And, and I think that, you know, whatever action we take, uh, the way we take it, we want to continue to bring ourselves to that equanimous state. So move towards equanimity with whatever we do. And um, and I think that's what this shloka is also all about,
0: right? <laughs> so so let's, try to, let's try to apply that in, 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 in the situation, right? When most of us are conflicted in this fashion, right? You know, like Ranjali articulated it so nicely, you know, there's a duty at the at same time towards two different sets of individuals who, uh, you know, how do we choose what you do, right? You know, what would, what would be our logic in our mind? To say, okay, I'm going to do this, I'm not going to do it. Because there the choice seems to be, okay, if I do X for uh, one person, I will not be able to do Y for the other person. That's how the choice seems to be. If that is the case, in our mind, what's the logic to determine what's our duty to do? Whether to do this or that.
1: Sorry, can I jump in? Because I'm reminded of that famous joke, get your child to take care of your mom and you go and... <laughs> Do whatever you want to. There was that joke, right? There's an old lady and and your love standing at the bus stand, and it's raining, and you're in a car. Who will you give the lift to? You give it to the other person. Take the old women and you stay in, uh, with the girl in the bus stop. So, I mean, that was just a joke. Sorry, I just got reminded. It it actually but will, will take care of both the things. Your mom will be very happy to spend time with your son, <laughs> and you know.
5: Actually, in my particular, uh, just dwelling on my thing, it would have taken time. I mean, we should we could have done that. But my mom, the conflict is usually between an appointment setting for my mom who cannot drive here, uh, who has to go to doctor and my son who could not drive and has to go for. So having my son do it for my mom will take a long time (laughs) to get him to the license and get him to drive my mom. But that was the, and typically in my own particular situation, what happens is my mom, mom always puts my son before herself. So what ends up happening is we focus on my son and my mom gets probably the second uh, priority, um, which is by choice between both my mom and myself to say that my son should come first. But it always makes me feel guilty that I'm not putting her at some time above the other two. So I just wanted to just
1: a bit more on my personal situation sorry I jumped in and just one more thing I know there are too many hands there but uh, actually what Mahesh was saying is what Vivekananda said do not avoid and do not seek that is your duty so what comes in front if you have to do it you have to do it uh, but do not go out seeking also which is the point he was trying to make that do not go out looking for as well then these are no obligations. What we sometimes actually feel more guilty about, we try to seek. Oh, I should be doing this and this. Whatever is in front, just decide between them. So, so that was Vivekananda's answer. Uh, I think exactly what Manish was saying.
11: No, even I think so. That is the right answer because the moment we are obligated, we are attached. You know. So I mean, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I. I for me, I never felt attached to any work. So that's why I don't work. That's what my wife keeps telling me, you know. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I mean, I, 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 I honestly don't believe in any work at all. I mean, I, I honestly don't believe. Uh, for me, Karma Yoga as a chapter is totally against my principles or, or my understanding of what Krishna says. I mean, according to me, there's no work. Honestly, there's no work. It is just pure enjoyment. You see, you enjoy every stage of your life. Uh, you go on, you enjoy. You work, you work, you work, you enjoy. You play, you enjoy. You talk, you enjoy. Simple, as simple as that is what I see. You know, I mean, I may be wrong, but this is what my understanding is. You just keep on uh, in that equanimous state and enjoy. That's the
0: samatam yoga vichchede but then you know, um, uh, there are four more hands raised here. Uh, we can choose in whichever order that you want to, want to decide. You know, I'm gonna choose from the left of my screen, Kishore. Yeah, um, a couple
4: of points here. No, we, we spoke about Samatham, right? But what takes us away from that state, from the equanimous state? So in this particular discussion that we're having, the one that takes it away is conflict in our mind, right? So if there is a conflict, that's obviously going to take us away from the the peaceful state that we would call as samatha. Now, how do you then resolve that conflict is the question, right? That's one one part of it. Um, And and so uh, one way to resolve that would be, hey, is this my duty or not, right? I, I think elsewhere in the Gita, it also talks about doing one's own duty, even if it's done half well, than taking on somebody else's duty and doing it 100%, right? So, uh, you know, how do you then prioritize between these to remove the conflict again? And why are we removing conflict? So that we can come back into the uh, equipoise state, right? So if you, now, I also feel that um, we are wired to have a sense of Dharma and a sense of the right built in. And that's why we, in fact, even have that guilt that we spoke about. And I agree with uh, Satya that that might be an indicator May and not, I don't know if that's the only indicator, but it might be an indicator because, you know, you may also have guilt because society tells you this is what needs to be done. And uh, somehow that's been ingrained over a period of time. Uh, we are not talking about that. We're talking more deeper level than that. Right. At a, at a, a deeper level, there might be an indicator in the mind, which is, which shows up as a thought that, uh, Um, maybe you should be doing this and maybe you are neglecting this or maybe you should not be doing that, right? So where does that come from? I mean, I think that comes from an innate capability or an innate, um, um, there is something in us that helps us determine that, right? So I just want to point that out. And uh, um, yeah, so the the guilt part might be an indicator. may not be the only one, but yeah. It's a it's a reasonable way to uh, finally remove conflict. I mean that would be the the main reason why we are doing this.
3: Okay.
2: Yeah. So so Ranjini, uh, your kind of thoughts kind of uh, got me thinking. I have to say you've chosen a relatively benign example of your mother and son. I'm sure a lot of people will relate to the wife and the mother more. Uh, <laughs> Which, which we all sort of go through, which is more difficult in, in many ways, as you would all, all agree. But, uh, but, you know, the point about uh, duty and choice, I think in, in the case, in, in these kind of situations, I think the duty is both ways, uh, inevitably. And I think you make choices based on what you think at that time to be right. Uh, I mean, obviously you want it to be the right decision, but it is never straightforward. So you make a decision based on the circumstances, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, you balance it out. I mean, not doing, sort of doing one versus the other is obviously a difficult one. So you balance it out and do it to the best of your ability. And and that's how you kind of find peace. Uh, I mean, at least in my head, often what I do is I ask myself the question, is this the best I could have done under the circumstances? And I, I kind of, tell myself, you know, there will be conflict, there will be, you know, uh, you know, uh, lack of some or whatever, but you kind of tell yourself that this is the best we could have done under the circumstances and you live with it. Right. Uh, So, so at the end of the day, we have choices, but our duty is to kind of identify what do we want to do and we we go ahead with that. So that's kind of how I think about resolving this conflict between duty and choices. Uh, the other point I wanted to make was what Mahesh said, which is interesting uh, in the way you live life, Mahesh, which is you work and be happy and, you know, kind of not, you, you basically live with the present effectively, right? Which is great, which is, I guess, what you all need to do is easier said than done. But that brings to me a question in, in my mind that, and, and this is again, going back to our previous discussion, it relates to 247 about, you know, having... Personal goals or um, I mean the or, or you know having like a motivation or a kind of a big goal. Uh, is it necessary? And I think about you know human civilization which has de- you know, developed and grown and modernized, would that have been possible if we had only kind of followed this kind of path of let's do the action uh, to the best of our ability? but not have that sort of deep desire to achieve something, for example, right? Which comes with sort of a yearning for results or a certain outcome. Um, And, you know, if we just follow this kind of approach where I'm going to do whatever I can do, I will take whatever comes and life goes on. is, Is that sort of something which, it conflicts with at least the way, you know, today, you know, the world has grown, right? And I I know, you know, there might be two different things. This is more about how you deal with it in your mind as opposed to not having goals. But sometimes I feel like, you know if you don't have that sort of deep desire and I, I hate to use the word whatever it takes because whatever it takes has a negative connotation of doing wrong sometimes but you have to have that thing about I will make it work somehow or the other so that, you know, if you don't have that sort of deep desire, how do you achieve or how do you kind of scale heights which we have done over you know, the past several sessions? So that's a question for the group. I, 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 I mean, I struggled with this a little bit. I mean-
7: Can I, can I add back? here?
2: Sorry, go ahead.
7: Can I add here? Uh, very well said Ajay. So basically, I mean, there are two things here. First is what is your duty? And accordingly, what I understand is, duty will differ from individual to individual and it is a call that an individual has to take at any particular time based on their learnings in life so far based on all the experiences and everything they have gone through and to be and to decide at that particular moment what is the right thing to do for me as well as for the other individual what is the best solution at that particular time i guess that is that would be my duty and that may vary from people to people. There is no particular you know, formula which says that if this is the situation, you should do this. It will vary from individual to individual. And the second thing is like uh, what Ajay was referring to is your personal goals and deep desire to do something, you know, leading to conflicts. So exactly that is the problem that we are facing in this yoga, you know, Kali Yuga. That is why you know, we have all ambition driven, goal driven. That is what is leading to anxiety and stresses in our lives because of a deep desire to achieve goals or meet certain milestones in life. And this is the problem, inherent problem. Right now, we feel in this particular era is... Anxiety stress is very common among individuals in corporate sector, you know, companies hire psychologists to meet, have their employees meet for anxieties and stress. This is a very common problem which is associated with the deep desire to achieve our goal or meet our targets. So, and I think this was not there earlier in the maybe 100, 200 years back. This was, this is in the last hundred years or maybe last 60, 70 years, this has developed. I mean, prior to that, I think in my grandparents' time, I think this, this problem was not there. Slowly, you know, I mean, it has manifested more in, particularly in our lifetime. Most of the individuals, I think, I don't remember the static states, but a lot of people are suffering from anxieties and stress because of this deep desire to achieve their goals and ambitions so this is an inherent problem and that is why all of us are trying to refer or go back to gita now so that how to manage that situation well how to enhance our broaden our uh, uh, experience our understanding so that we can meet or deal with this anxieties and stresses
2: you know i get i get all of that i get all of that my only limited question sorry guys was that you know would you know human civilization have in have uh, grown so much and so fast. If we had, if they had followed, if we had not followed this sort of thing about, you know, it's it's like it's it's a little bit sort of a, of a of a question. I mean, I don't disagree with sort of what's been talked about Vedanta, but I just have this thought in my mind. So, welcome many thoughts.
0: So, Ajay, we'll park that question uh, about you know progress of human civilization. We'll park that question for a second. I've got two more hands raised here. Maybe. They are trying to. They are trying to share what they uh, what they talk about. You know the, uh, the the conundrum of supporting you know two uh, two different duties and how do you figure it out? So maybe Mukun Manu, one of you, you can uh, unmute and talk.
8: Manu, why don't you go first?
6: Okay, sure. Thanks, Mukul. Um So I was just thinking, you know. Um, duty versus choice uh, so choice is what i want to do right and, and i and i don't i'm just i'm just thinking in terms of um actually the choices between doing what i want to do and doing what i have to do i feel uh, so doing what i want to do is probably in the desired realm right and doing what i have to do is in the duty realm but uh, maybe uh, and actually not maybe i think i think if you do either one or if you focus on either one it could put- it has the potential to cause agitation because you didn't do the other one so i want to do i don't know whatever painting but i have to go cook dinner right so i'm it- just using a very very minor example but um when you ha- when you an extremely another- relevant one <laughs> When, when you are unable to do what you want to do, that can cause agitation and you could get all upset about having to do what you have to do, um, which is your duty. And, and I don't know, I don't know how we resolve that sort of agitation, you know, um, and, and come to an equanimous state. You know, is it that we want to just ignore all of our desires uh, or what we want to do is that the right thing or you know just a just a question for for folks to opine on
0: we'll will park that question i'm sure the answer will come through muku uh
8: thanks rajesh um i think the way i'm kind of listening to this um there are there are two ways to solve this. This choice, kind of a concept, right? If we really reflect on where where the idea of choice is coming, is coming from a limited cognition, right? I have X energy. I have to choose between these three or four things. So when I'm trying to, I think Bhagavad Gita when we as as I mean it can be applied. One one method or one approach to apply is you try to solve the outside, right? Trying to justify this is choice, this is duty, this is karma, this is dharma. It gives that framework. But also in a very subtle way, it's also an inner science, right? Which means when I can switch to an equipoise space and operate, then suddenly the finite becomes infinite. Which means that I don't need to choose I can do all of, all of it uh, because at that point, I think uh, there is a point, the conflict is what drains the energy, right? The, the friction comes because of the conflict. Oh, I like painting, I don't like cooking, right? There's an underlying uh, choice being made here. Uh, but if, if the being doesn't, is not attached to neither painting nor cooking, then it, the energy just flows from one to the other right? And then the needing, the energy, is infinite energy is available. I think that is the whole subtle essence of other dimension where Krishna is pointing is move from being finite being to an infinite union or yoga cosmos where you can have the cake and eat it also. Uh, that's, that's, I believe, is another underlying perspective that goes on. Uh, either you can make choices or you just go back to equipoise or what i call as restful awareness and learn how to operate do the action same action then beautifully everything falls in place is what i have seen uh, whether, whether it is a son and mother or mother in law you know your mom and wife the the for, once you start acting from equipoise beautifully the conflicts settle outside uh, things just fall in place you let the divine act for you uh, you get out and then Krishna do the work. That's, that's, that's how I, I've also experienced this uh, this space uh, uh, from my experience also.
0: Very beautifully said, Muku, Very beautifully said. I, I have a comment on that, but then I'll reserve my comment till you know uh, Alpana and Ashish have uh, uh, spoken what they want to share. Actually, go um, ahead. It's linked to this, so might as
1: well go ahead.
0: The Ashish, you, you raised your hand but you
12: unraised it as well. Or did I unraise it by mistake? No, you, you didn't, Rajesh. I, I unraised it. So it was similar to what Mukundan was uh, saying. So I thought it already got okay. Okay. Yeah. So, you
0: know, so Alpana, if, if, if you're okay, I'll, I'll go. So basically, you know, um, uh, Muku, I really loved what you said. At the end of the day, you know, the um, the conflict actually gets resolved in the shloka itself. You know, if you, if you look at it, it says in 2.48, it says um, perform actions, giving up attachment. So my, the question that was bothering me was all the time was, okay, what is attachment, right? Is If I'm feeling guilty, is it am I attached to doing that particular action, right? So that's the whole question. The point is, how do I give up being guilty? And the, the next, next question was, okay, if I give up being guilty uh, by saying, okay, I'm not being attached to doing this or that, then am I doing my best? Then, then my answer, uh, you know, was that, okay, what Ajay said, okay, first you assess, assess yourself, okay, between the choices what we have, am I doing my best? If the answer to my own self is yes, I am doing my best at this point of time, then the moment we stop being guilty about what we have not, not done or the choice that, that was un, undone, not done, then it becomes very easy. Then you suddenly move, move beyond that limited self and go beyond that. And the reason why I say this is, you know, at the end of the day, doesn't matter what what we do in this in this life, whichever way that we want to do it. I don't think that there's a hundred percent perfect action or actions. So if there's a choice always, that means we will end up having not performing it to the hundred percent of what what it is required or how it is to be done. So I don't think that you know uh, the um, being attached. Uh, feel, when we feel guilty, that means, yes, it's, it's a trigger for us to say, okay, take attention to it. But then you pause back, step back and say, okay, am I doing my best in this given situation? Am I doing best in this given situation? Then if the answer is yes, just go ahead and do it. And, uh, you know, the guilt will automatically go away in my view.
8: So, so Rajesh, that's a good point. When you, the, when you actually work from the equi-pause, right, the restful awareness, do the action, the doubt whether I, whatever you do is 100%. So you don't need, the, the, the questioning also doesn't happen there. You understand what I'm saying? The, when you're in that space, even when you sleep, it is doing action, good action to the world. If you're fighting war, it is again good action to the world. That's what um, Krishna's life talks about, right? Narayana is depicted as perennially sleeping, uh, but he's the one who's taking care of the, all the, you know, sustaining the world. Right? Whether you are asleep, the the, the, content, the important is the space from which it is being done. That's emphasis, not the action itself. The space is right, whatever the action, it is going to do good to the world. Uh, I think that's the thing. The only two question is what I'm saying, Rajesh, right? Am I doing 100%? That's not, once you establish in the space, whatever happens is a flow after that point. It just is beautiful. Yeah,
0: okay. Uh, Alpana and
1: Krishna. Alpana. Yeah, no. I think both uh, Huku and Rajesh, you said it very well. Um, I think I was saying something along the lines only, but I'll just, uh, you know, say it in my my words. So the first part I wanted to address was uh, when you asked about wants. Should we just drop it? Actually, desires is. I think we'll come to that part in slightly later. In this chapter as well Um, but understanding that yes those desires are come coming from feeling unfulfilled so the desires actually tackling desires is probably an easier part because you will understand the futility of the desires so the wants can drop so then it'll be more about the duties and then then they have different um conflicting duties as I think Ranjini was trying to point out and there yes what both uh, Muku and Rajesh were saying um, if we do not think too much about the conflict part I think that is where the dissipation of energy happens what if I do this and not do that and this and that so I think more time is spent mm-hmm. in trying to resolve that than actually doing the work and, and that's what probably Uh, Muku was trying to say, you know, you actually can do one after the other and they'll all get done. But because we feel anxious about it, about choosing one over the other, actually just pick in any order and do it. Maybe, you know, you can do everything. And just keeping the other person informed. Okay, I'm doing this one first because this needs first. Because you'll use some logic to arrive at that uh, prioritization. So that was the second part. And then the third I wanted to say was... uh, i think uh, which muku did probably highlight i think rajesh to your point uh, if i feel i have given my 100% and i think that's where i wanted to just highlight to what you know muku was saying it's not i it is if you just say he he is doing it that i think will take away that little bit of because we go for perfection and everything is perfectly done by him the more that faith comes in if you take I out of that complete equation, I think the, the the work keeps getting done, and I think that's the state what Mahesh is probably referring to when you don't think of work as a work, it doesn't appear to be a work, but it's not that you're doing or not doing anything. I don't think he can sit, you know, idle all the time. He keeps doing something, but doesn't consider it to be work. So so that takes away that, and probably just one more point, uh, Ajay, to your this thing. Um, I think Sonali did touch upon that, that I don't know whether we are in a better state with all of this. We are actually more relying on the uh, machinery, on industries, etc. Whereas think about those Rishis, they could travel wherever they want to, they could find out. So all the communication needs, the transportation needs were not there. So if we actually deep, deep dive within, we can achieve a lot more than what the science is giving us so i'm not sure whether that is leading to uh, making an impact in a wrong way you are handicapping a lot of population which could have done you know better so i just a thought of you know whether we are moving in the right direction or not because we will go back to the to the old ways and in some cases we are going back
2: so Probably right, uh, uh, I, I don't disagree with you on the way we are developing, may not be the right uh, approach. I, I, I don't disagree with that. Uh, that's a separate issue. I was kind of referring more to sort of a more sort of innate fundamental desire to achieve. So, you know, the men's singles final at Wimbledon is the way. Djokovic is you know, he is uh, doing, I mean, he's obviously driven, right? He wants to win it the 20th time, right? Now, the question is, you know, he wants to win it. He's doing whatever it takes. Uh, and, you know, he wants to get one better than somebody else, right? Now, what is that? It that? Isn't that a deep desire to have a... Have been the most Grand Prix, right? Uh, so th- that's the question I keep asking myself. I, I, I don't disagree with the with the way we are sort of developing and the negative impact on the environment and climate. And all that is there, there are all the negative side effects, I get all of that. But I'm just kind of focusing on every single individual effort. And where, you know, where, how does how how do how does, how do individuals achieve? Is it enough to say I'm doing my best and I will? That's a great attitude. And I think we've discussed that from a Vedantic perspective and it works. I, I, don't, I, I, mean, I don't have a problem with that. I mean, I, I, I think that is the right approach, but I'm now focused on something slightly different, which is there is nothing wrong in wanting to be a world number one, right? But isn't that desire?
1: It is a desire. Actually, and if you try to be better than your own, just last point, better than your own self. That is, that is also a, a journey. And I think when you don't see others, how can you be better than others, right? That whole, whole competitiveness will go away. And yet you will achieve higher heights within yourself. It's, it's so vast deep inside. It's unimaginable what you will achieve. You know, and that's something to aspire for as well, which doesn't need anything else. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, back to you Rajesh.
0: Yeah, we'll, 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 uh, we'll definitely part that question of human progress and the desire driven actions to a little later in this, because it is going to come there. So Krishna, Ashish, Manu. Krishna, you go first. Yeah,
10: sure, I'm gonna do like a stack, whatever came in the top and then keep popping one out another. Uh, I remember fondly from 2003 to 2005, when I was uh, listening to Swami Patasarthi, he used to, uh, since you brought up Djokovic, he used to bring up the example of Pete Sampras, who had won everything else, but not the French Open alone. And he used to say, that's so, how like, if you are like, if you think too much about that goal, or this is this one thing missing in my thing, and then that causes actually more anxiety. Even though you are like a world number one player, you kind of end up going to the finals and just losing uh, that one thing. So going from there to one level deeper on the capitalism question, that's a deeper topic. We will probably do more discussion. But one point there is like the way we have also defined the science and growth by economists is just like this one thing called growth. And like after some point, growth becomes a tumor or growth becomes a cancer. And we do not know where to stop. But that is the only metric we have. Did the GDP grow? Did the capital, the market cap grow, profits grow? and we are measuring growth to very unhealthy uh, limits. Uh, so that's on the science part. Uh, but coming to the one one uh, interesting phrase that we had not discussed, which I thought addresses like a lot of the cool points you have mentioned, uh, is this term buddhi yoga that, that comes up. And, uh, and he says avaram, uh, like it's inferior. So uh, in this is in Shloka 49. And uh, the, the statement goes like, uh, far inferior to buddhi yoga is action. Whereas 4748 actually talked about action and uh, yoga in action and so on. Here this term buddhi yoga is uh, introduced. And as I read the definition, the buddhi yoga is the using the intellect to decide whatever action should be. So it is not too different as a separate thing, but it is yet again action but a more I thought was a clearer definition of action. So when we have like a higher ideal, obviously our highest ideal is supposed to be this uh, self-realization that we go towards, but at least if we start using our intellect to decide what action we should do. So then, so the the lower basis form would be just the quick desire, like a quick gratification, uh, quick satisfaction of of the the senses or uh, the bodily uh, needs. Uh, the, that part is the the first level and then something higher than that is like when you use your intellect to distinguish uh distinguish what what is the correct action but i thought that was the one uh, mentioned here as in the buddhi yoga uh, and then the action is actually uh, inferior to this buddhi yoga and it's action but the action combined uh with the uh, with the intellect and there were one more thing between uh, sandwiched in this shloka, between the, the, on the either side. So the previous one says, Samatvam Yoga Uchiyete, when you do it with equanimity. And then the following one says, Yoga Karmasho Kausharam, that means skill in action. So you have an equanimous mind, and you do your, whatever your action is, very skillful, and you do it, guided by your intellect. So the three shlokas, I think, kind of form, uh, form very well. And then 48 and 50, both say, Samatvam uh, Yoga in that previous yoga, you And then 50 also, it again, Krishna uses Tasmat again. He says Tasmat yoga, you be steadfast in yoga. And I think that yoga now becomes three parts. You are equanimous. Your yoga action is guided by your intellect and you are very skillful in your action. And then the previous one had already said what you should not do. Don't do anything that is just desire or that is guided by inaction or where you are uh, attached to your results and the results also the the hey to who word is used two times between these four shlokas uh the attachment to the motive of your action or the results of your action uh that also i thought was very interesting that ties all this 47 48 49 50 uh, very well together so looked at thing as a whole uh, made a lot of sense to me
0: very well said krishna makes sense awesome a- ashish
12: Yeah, pretty much repeating what has already been said. Uh, I I was thinking about it, especially the uh, confusion uh, we have while making a choice, which Ranjini was mentioning. I I think we can go back to the book. Uh, The whole landscape is that Arjun has this conflict uh, and he has forgotten what what is the right action. And uh, Sri Krishna is, in what we are reading Telling him that whatever is going to happen, will happen. And you do what is karni, like what has to be done. Uh, so I thought that that's the landscape. And uh, we, we, can, we can go back to that, go back to the book and uh, try to see what it is telling us if we are in conflicting situations like that. And uh, secondly, uh, to... Uh, and Rajesh doesn't want to go back to Ajay's question because it needs a uh, bigger discussion looks like uh, but uh, one one thing i noticed uh, as as we are dwelling upon this more to about 47 all uh, that topic um, uh, coming back to uh, i'm going going through a, a long corporate program training program and where uh, they, they are doing a personality test anagram test and um, just observing that mine has changed in in last three three four months, uh, I have become less competitive and uh, more kind of I, I. It it has changed to I'll not drive people mad the way I was probably doing earlier. So yeah, in, in some way the aggression is going away. I'm I'm not saying whether it is good or bad, but just wanted to.
0: Satubha, Manu, Kishor. I don't know who raised the hands first, but uh, one of you choose, please.
6: I'll go really quickly. I, I uh, First of all, Krishna, that was really a nice summary of all the shlokas. It, it made a lot of sense. Thank you. Um, I was just going to comment on the goal uh, aspect. I know we don't want to discuss it much, but I just wanted to say that I don't think anywhere it says to not have a goal, right? So I think a larger goal, we we talked about this with the, the Gandhiji example last time, that he had the larger goal of uh, independence, but, you know, he was not getting caught up in it and on a day to day, or it, he didn't allow the successes and failures to get to him. Um, and so I think the larger goal aspect I felt is, is okay to have, it's not, it's not uh, something that, you know, is anywhere it says that we shouldn't have. Um, just wanted to mention that but Krishna really thank you that was awesome I, I really liked how you put all those four together thank you
3: yeah so you know I, I thought you know I understood what uh, Lord Krishna tried to uh, mean by buddhi yoga you know by the definition that you know it's not what you do it's what you do with equine, you know, equanimity uh, but then I think what Krishna too said you know has uh, kind of, again, made me think, you know, uh, so, so, you know, yes, you know, I understand that, you know, intellect, uh, you let intellect decide what you need to do. But then many times intellect is also colored, right? I mean, by your desires. So, so, you know, so why bring in um, intellect into the buddhi yoga part? Like, you know, I, if I do actions with the, you know, with just equanimity, I mean, I'm not really bothered whether uh, my, you know, I'm, mean, I'm okay with whatever results I get. Isn't that enough? Like, you know, I mean, I bringing in intellect, which is colored is uh, something not okay with me.
1: Actually, um, most of the commentaries I have read, buddhi Yog, it means uh, Samatva buddhi yoga not, not letting intellect decide. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, you may, yeah, let's take it offline as well because uh, i think that's no i
3: i agree with what you are saying that's what i'm uh, that's why i'm asking actually so
6: I, I thought i understood it as you know um, being guided by emotion versus by intellect so
3: yeah
6: uh, don't be guided by emotion yes. be guided more by intellect yeah it's not guided
1: by intellect either it is by having the intellect should be established in uh, equipoise so not intellect yeah. guided not using the filter of the intellect
10: that's
1: that's what it means Okay. Ah, okay.
10: So I was okay. also thinking. Uh, the intellect is uh, more, more like if it, so. The 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 explanation I was reading. The intellect, as in it is attached to the the higher goal, will then make you choose the correct options. Like especially when we have like this multiple choices. What is right now my duty, or what is the thing that I want to do, don't want to do, or do I like this or not? All these things are all uh, driven by. And then when your intellect is guided towards a higher goal of I need to be uh, go towards self-realization, for that I need to be in equipoise, then those two goals drive you, then the intellect is more clear and now drives you to pick the correct uh, choice of action to do. That, that is how I put that together. But yes, that makes sense too. Like if equipoise is the goal, that leads to the same thing. It's like one more higher level. Yeah.
0: So... Yeah. Um, we, we have to pa- pause this uh, discussion here. Kishore has raised his hand. Sorry, I know that we have to continue on this. Uh, uh, so Kishore, please go with uh, what you
4: say I'll keep it very brief actually. Um, so I think desire is there right Obviously that's you know that's also the reason um, in fact we have a birth the, the fact that we are um, we have enough karma uh, that's resulted in this. So desires are there. I, uh, Karma Yoga provides a path to kind of blunt the effect of the desires, right? So that's going to be there. It's just a path on how to reduce desire-fueled actions, which in some ways relates to Ajay's question, which is what is where we are today. But the question is, are we happier than how we were 3,000, 4,000 years ago? Uh, I don't think the answer is yes. <laughs> so let me leave it at that.
0: Right. So um, uh, I think, you know, maybe there's a good segue for me to kind of, you know, introduce what I've been thinking and been bouncing it off with Alpana also. Maybe after chapter two, we have to do Tata Bodha because I think there is a little bit of uh, uh, better understanding that all of us will need to develop in terms of what is Buddhi and what is uh, uh, intellect. For example, in, in, you know, the choices, that part of our, quote unquote, uh, the uh, subtle body, what, what we call it as... Uh, you know the one that that struggles with conflicts is not intellect it is the mind the the manas what we to call it intellect intellect just clearly says okay do this don't do this okay and or do this or do or do that right but then you know even intellect can make mistakes and only when intellect is guided by a higher goal that it will it will make uh, the right choices in the higher goal when it is not guided in the right in the in the higher goal then it will make wrong choices Right. So uh, maybe we will have to probably you know, part that part part of you know, where it is. But Krishna, I like the way that you tied all the all the three things. And um, you know, um, today we discussed uh, you know, mostly about the definition of work, but despite the fact that we defined work, and i deliberately I focused on defining the particular work because it ties up all these three shlokas that we talk about, 48, 49, and 50. My request would be to please go back once and we will read this shlokas and the definition once again in the context of what we discussed. I'm pretty sure you know, we will want to do 51, 52, 53 in the next uh, GD. So um, next week, maybe we will not dwell on the same shlokas, but we will do the next three shlokas. Uh, am I right or should I just look at? I'm just, sorry, just checking uh, which shlokas we should follow on. Yeah, 51, 52, 53 is what we should do for next week. Are we good with that? Okay, cool. All right. So, I uh, I forgot the closing shloka, closing prayer. What we had. I'm sorry, lost.
3: Yeah.
0: So, so, yeah. Okay, there we go. All right. We will conclude our session today by uh, uh, concluding prayer. Sarve bhavantu Sukinaha, sarve santu niramayaha, sarve bhadrani Ma makas chiddukha bhagavavet. Mm. Om Sri Gurubhyo Namaha Harihi Om. Thanks so much, everyone. Wonderful. Let's continue the discussion on the chat. The chat has become a little silent these days. Maybe equanimous, that's okay. But <laughs> let's let's continue the discussion on work and guilt. Thank yeah, you. And
1: also touch upon the word kripana I think that was one thing which I wanted to touch upon, but we can do
10: it with the other shlokas. Yeah. All right. Inaction is not an option. So yeah, participate in the chat. <laughs> 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 so,
0: <laughs> Bye everyone.
7: Bye. Have a good day.